Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. This is episode two. I'm joined by Duncan, and today he's going to be guiding us on a we're going to be stepping into philosophies this time, and he's going to be guiding us on CrossFit, which is going to be the first philosophy we cover. All right, so a little background before we kick off. I've been doing CrossFit for about two years now, I think. Is that right? Math, August yeah. of my senior, senior year. year. Yeah, so two yeah, years. About two years. And um, during that time, I've been with CrossFit Albemarle <laughs> for about – a year and a half off and on when I came to college, I kind of did CrossFit style workouts in our gym. And then now I'm with CrossFit Eternal because our gym sucks when you're trying to adapt it for CrossFit. Um, so kind of the big hallmark of CrossFit is it's a functional fitness program, which means that everything you do should have a corollary in your day-to-day life. That is hi- incorporating highly in- structured variants and high intensity, right? And so this variance that we talk about all the time, the reason why it's structured is because generally over the course of a week or a month, you'll kind of develop a pattern. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing programming, generally you look at it almost like a school year, this mm-hmm. kind of nine week idea in which in these nine weeks, we're going to get better at doing this heavier, or we're going to do better at doing this for a number of reps. And so all of the movements that you're doing are trying to get you to that point. Um, and so also the high intensity has a couple very important factors. First off, if you're doing something at a high intensity, you can't do it for that long. And CrossFit is kind of designed for this average individual who only has about an hour to do actual work and then they have to go home and take care of their family and they have that, uh, Mm -hmm. 40 hour work week and everything else. And so when you do this high intensity workout, usually they'll, most people can't hold high intensity for more than about 20 minutes, depending on the workout. And this allows for another 40 minutes, basically, of instruction, skill work, um, strength training, and everything else that you're going to throw in. And so CrossFit kind of divides exercise into four different modalities, gymnastics, calisthenics, weightlifting, and then monostructural movement. Monostructural movement is basically just any type of cardio that you want to throw in running, biking, um, rowing, rowing, skierg. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people don't love the skierg. <laughs> I'm kind of a fan of it. It's, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's a weird movement, but it's basically your skiing. Yeah. Um, it's also hard. It is hard. <laughs> it is hard. Uh, it's hard to keep intensity on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, weightlifting. We kind of pull weightlifting in as – the whole family, the whole shebang, anything with a barbell and anything with plates. And we're probably doing all the movements that you can, um, at least from a functional perspective. We even do bench press, even though it's yeah. not that often because it's hard to transition in and out of doing bench press. Yeah. Um, so usually we would prefer to do like an upper body push in the form of a handstand push up or a regular push up or something like that. Um, the calisthenics is pretty basic push ups, sit ups, squats you know, at body weight, lunges, um, that type of stuff. And then the gymnastics we pull, let's see here. The big gymnastics thing we pull from is pull-ups. And then the higher 
complexity forms, so chest bars, muscle ups, and then also we like to climb a rope. Recently, there's been this experimentation with uh, legless rope climbs, <laughs> which are a hellion because <laughs> it changes a rope climb from basically just being a toes to bar movement to being this upper body pulling, um, yeah. slightly kipping thing, and it's weird. But um, yeah, and then we also have a couple different time domains that we love. We have every minute on the minutes, and sometimes that's extended to every two or three minutes on the minute. And what we like to do here is we like to say, hey, get this work done, and then you have the rest of the time to rest, or get this preliminary work done, and then the rest of the time do this other, other movement, and then you're going to be scored on that movement. Um, I can go over an example of that later. And then there's AMRAPs, which is every or as many rounds as possible. I love these workouts. It's like, here's 20 minutes, here's this order and this number of reps, and complete that workout. So, like, for example, do an 800-meter run and 20 lunges, right, for 21 minutes. And so then for 21 minutes, you're just doing an 800, and as soon as you get back, you're doing 20 lunges, and then you're going back out for another 800. Um, do you, Have you done that in the rec? I tr- did it in UREC. It sucked. I'd rather you do did it, it up on the. Fourth I did it up floor. on the fourth floor. Um, Three laps and then. Yeah, I suggest if you're trying to do something like that, try and find a spot outside. And a lot of CrossFit workouts you can find, especially if it's body weight intensive, and yeah. kind of this running uh, for cardio. Like you can do it outside, and I'd yeah. prefer to, and it feels a lot better too because anytime you're running around a track, especially like something at UREC, that's bad on your joints. Just having to run these really tight corners and if you're doing it at like an 800 or 400 pace you're you're going super fast and it's not great yeah. on your hips oh yeah yeah the the, the indoor track yeah, yeah yeah that's a lot tighter than a normal track it really is um and then we have like four time workouts and so this is kind of a base more basic workout where you just got to do this thing and then as soon as you're done the clock stops and that's your score and then we also have tabatas which a lot of people i don't think know what a tabata is it Basically, it's 20 seconds of work, 10 seconds of rest for, um, I want to say, 16 rounds is the standard, so eight minutes. Mm-hmm. It might be eight rounds of standard for four minutes. I can't quite remember, but all I remember is they suck. Um, every time I see Tabata up there, every time I see that rep scheme, you you know that it's going to be a lot of like really intense work followed by not enough rest. Yeah. Um, so... Then basically we can go into the typical CrossFit class. And so typically what you're going to find is you're going to have a period of warm-up and mobilizing in which you're just trying to get your body warm and then you're trying to increase flexibility without tearing those muscles prematurely. And so no static stretching at all in this period. Um, We like our foam rollers. We like to do almost like if anyone's done track or soccer um, and they've had to do lines for those, a lot of those similar stretches. So like... High knees, dynamic, um, everything else like that. And then we generally go into strength session. And so that strength session, um, and sometimes it's a strength session coupled with technique or Mm -hmm. skills, especially if it's something as complex as like a muscle snatch or a power snatch, um, in which you're just trying to get to a heavy weight of whatever we're doing. Um, Usually reps in a our weightlifting section never really go above 10 and then get as small as like a one rep max. Yeah. Um, 
And then we have a Metcon usually, which is your short for metabolic conditioning. Mm -hmm. And so that's that high intensity breather style of workout in which it's going to take about 10 to 20 minutes. Sometimes it takes six. Usually if you see a workout and the coach tells you it's only going to take six, it's not easier (laughs) and you won't feel better than the 20 minute workout. Um, And then there's a stretch and cool down period. Um, Personally, I like to get to my gym about five, 10 minutes before class starts in order to work on skills beforehand because there's certain things in CrossFit like double unders, um, those muscle ups, and then like handstand pushups and stuff like that where that's very much a mental and a technique thing that mm-hmm. you just need to work on beforehand. And I s- recommend a lot of people who are past kind of that initial yeah. beginner phase to go in and do that. Usually everyone's very happy to give you tips and everything else. It's just not a skill that you can only work on once a week when they go over it in class. You guys are doing walled handstand pushups, correct? We are, okay. usually. I was going to say, <laughs> um, I didn't think you were at the level where you're doing, you know, yeah. um, usually free. free. I, I've seen a couple di- guys do free, um, but the idea of CrossFit kind of this jack-of-all-trades thing, also yeah. master of none. So. Yeah. Um, upside down handstand pushups and like handstand walks are kind of the most uh, advanced. advanced that we get in that. As uh, far as technique frame. calisthenics goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. at least when you're well, talking about the upper too. body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I figured we could go over my workout today okay. that, that we did just to kind of give everyone some perspective here. And so we did a warm up which was 10 minutes um, AMRAP style, in which it was just a 100-meter run, um, 10 push-ups to pike press. And so that was just there to kind of mobilize your shoulder and get it ready. And then it was 10 overhead squats, which, again, um, we were doing – Squats. Yeah, Yeah, but it was just with a PVC pipe. So the big thing was just creating stabilization because our – major lift for the day was building up to one rep uh, power snatch. Oh, okay. And yeah, so that makes a lot of sense, yeah. when you're doing snatches, right, you're basically catching that somewhere in your overhead squat. Um, you're not below parallel because mm-hmm. it's power snatch, but you are still catching that in this overhead position and you are catching it below like straight legs. Yeah. Um, and so then we went into it and we had 20 minutes to find a one rep max on our snatch. Usually whenever we say find a one rep, there's no prescribed amount of rest. However, I prefer about three minutes. Yeah. Um, everyone's going to have their own preference. I prefer about three-ish minutes. Yeah. The issue is most times I'm a little too uh, a little too spastic for that. <laughs> I like, I'm like, I got to be doing something. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't want to be the guy just like sitting there waiting around taking up something. So. Yeah. Um, I, and to that extent, like, we have whiteboards in our gym. Whiteboards yep. are a great tool Excellent. to say zero minutes, three minutes, six minutes, nine minutes, and then you have to follow that. And it's a great way to keep yourself accountable because especially if you're just kind of keeping track of times in your head, yep. you're like, eh, 2.30, that's close enough. And then you're at 4.30, and eh, that's close enough. And then you're giving yourself shorter and shorter uh, rep or rest between your reps and then technically or theoretically you're getting heavier and heavier and that's not a very good yeah, way you're to not go. getting that uh, 
you're not giving your body time to get into aerobic respiration to give yeah. yourself some some new energy essentially yeah and we don't often do one rep max um weightlifting sessions just because i figured out most yeah. most things don't yeah it's not a good idea because if you can do three reps at a lighter weight you're essentially getting the same um workout in but you're reducing this risk of hurting yourself because that weight's so heavy like when i got to my one rep max which is around 145 now the issue with snatches was yeah with snatches the issue was when i was coming up i was almost so unstable that i was struggling to keep it up top and then if I fucked up and didn't release it properly, that would just screw my uh, shoulder out of Yeah, blown your rotator cuff or yeah. something like that, yeah. And so all, all that basically goes to show, you know, working at a lighter weight is a lot safer. Yeah. Um, and then you could still build strength, and then you can get to a higher one rep max whenever you need to. And then we had three rounds of every two minutes on the minute, a 200-meter run, and then for the rest of the time, max effort snatches at – for me, it was 95 pounds. And so to me, I love this workout because it's a great example of how CrossFit makes you think. Because mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a workout regimen in which you don't come in and then just say, I'm going to do this workout. Because on paper, this feels like a 200-meter run. That's a sprint. We'll go and kick that out real quick, and then I'll have the rest of the time for snatches. But if you're experienced or if you've seen this workout before, you understand that you can't sprint that 200 because what happens is you sprint the 200, you come in and you can't breathe and then you can't do a snatch properly. And so for me, I did the 200 meters in about a minute, which gave me about a minute to do snatches. And so then I'm doing somewhere around eight to 10 snatches per round in order to try and keep up with everyone else. And then I think I ended up being, uh, either lead of the pack or pretty close to the lead of the pack for total number of reps, yeah. even though I wasn't lead of the pack or near for the, the middle of the pack for the run. Because um, then you're just wasting your time during snatches yeah. trying to catch some air. Which, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you're always trying to figure out, especially in these workouts where there's multiple items, what item can you recover mm -hmm. in? Um, I'd say as far as complexity of building a workout regimen, CrossFit is definitely up there as far yeah. as your your complexity goes. First off, you're working a lot of technique-based um, workouts. And mm -hmm. um, as far as our listeners go, if you don't know what these lifts or these individual workouts we're saying are, we're going to cover them in later episodes, obviously. Yeah. Like, I think we'll probably have an episode where we talk about everything with just the bar to the from the floor to the, whether it be snatches, power cleans, mm -hmm. uh, hang cleans, uh, I say snatches, deadlifts, yeah. Romanian deadlifts, thing, things like that. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get all those covered. So anything that we say is, you know, kind of cleared up and our information's there, but yeah, I've, um, yeah, most other, uh, workouts, it's your, your rest isn't taken into consideration in the same way. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, all right, time to take a like in the case of maybe powerlifting or something like that. Yeah. Okay, like I, power, powerlifting gets dogged on a lot just <laughs> for the amount of rest that most of these people are taking because it's not a exceptionally high intensity overall workout. Yeah, but your sets are very you are pushing to muscular failure 
almost every set is the goal mm -hmm. in that case. Whereas most times in CrossFit, you're going to technical failure. Yeah. Like, uh, or, um, I think that's the word for, uh, it's tech because it, there's muscular failure and when your form falls out, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what we say. That's yeah. what, that's what us, uh, uncivilized folks say in the CrossFit world is, right. uh, when your form goes to shit, don't lift that heavy. Right. <laughs> Stop doing it. Um, Mechanical but, failure. Mechanical failure. Yeah. Yep. That's the terminology. Yes. Um, yeah, that's, it's really important. And uh, in many ways, so I know you have asthma, right? Yeah. How would you say this workout regimen has helped with that? Because help, like it hasn't worsened yeah. it, right? No, like no, it hasn't is, worsened it. Um, it makes you more. So one, one thing that we do not allow is we don't allow headphones in the gym. Right. And so, Part of the reason for that is because when you listen to your own music, you jam out to that music, and then you're not paying attention to your surroundings. You're not listening to the coaches, but you're also not listening to yourself. It's hard to listen to yourself when you're amped up on, you know, what whatever your power lifting ballad is, yeah, right? <laughs> and pre-workout. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. So for me, it has taught me how to breathe better, right? Because when you're doing something like snatch or a power clean or a deadlift, there is a there is a point in that position where you cannot breathe because yeah. you are hunched over. You are keeping your abs incredibly tight. You're bringing your shoulders up. And so the space that your lungs have in order for you to breathe is less. Mm -hmm. And so it's teaching you breathe at the top, breathe it, breathe out of the top on the way up, breathe yeah. at the top on the way down. You know, don't try and breathe in the middle of the lift. That's going to throw you off. You know, when you're running or when you're doing this monostructural um, stuff, it's teaching you breathe in usually, for running, I like three steps to breathe in, three steps to breathe out, keep it nice nice and stable, especially if it's something like running a mile, running an 800, yeah. running a 200 before having to do other stuff. Yeah. Um, so for me, I feel like breathing, it has definitely helped. If anything, just learning how to breathe productively. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely felt the same way when I was uh, doing swim more actively. Okay. Now, I mean, obviously, I, I don't even – I have time for it, but to get it in there as much as I like to, I don't. But, um, yeah, it definitely made me think about that, the whole uh, counting your breaths because mm -hmm. you're underwater <laughs> in, that, in that case. It's, yeah, yeah. it's so important. Like, it's it's like, a different way if you can't a, breathe. Yeah, like um, you have to know it. Otherwise, you're, you're not – because it's important because that affects your speed entirely. You breathing is slower than you not breathing Yeah, because you have to come up, breathe, and go back down. Yeah. So, yeah, that, and I'd say in that case, the breath work and tech, uh, breathing technique is really important and really helpful. And I feel like, um, to some extent, I felt like my breath was saturating more. Okay. Like each breath I was taking was more important. Mm. And I was really getting from it what I needed to, as opposed to just like kind of like <laughs> just basic. Yeah. Learning how to like completely fill up your lungs. Um, yeah. With each breath. Yeah, and then another workout that we take credit for is Murph. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I think Instagram and, like, the social media is called the Murph Challenge, if I'm thinking correctly. Cause like, I don't know what you're talking I, about. I posted it to my, my social one time, and, like, a friend was like, you did the Murph Challenge? So I think it went around for a bit. Um, basically, Murph was a, a – What's it stand for? Oh, Mur Murph is a man. Oh. Murph is a man. Oh. Um, and, and Murph died in action. 
Oh, okay. Uh, and so that's a lot of CrossFit style workouts, especially if it's named after someone, it's usually someone who died. Okay. Um, usually in service. Um, d- doesn't really de- matter with the wing. We, we kind of take a lot of different people in from that perspective, but a lot of um, veterans and like individuals who died will name a workout after them, especially if they're known for doing this. Like yeah. Murph did this workout before every day. Like to start his day, this is what he did. And so he did a mile run, 20 rounds of Cindy, which is it, it, 20 rounds of Cindy is it amounts to 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats. Um, the rep scheme is five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats. And then he did another one-mile run, right? And so to me, I love this workout for a couple different reasons. One, it covers a lot of things that we do yeah, in that, CrossFit. That hits almost every like yeah, those are it hits three, three core compound movements. Like yeah, it hits a lot of things, but also right, it teaches you what to stress because that first mile is not a six minute mile. That first mile is a warm up mile. That first mile is probably eight minutes ish for for me personally. Yeah, you know, and that that first mile is all right. We're going to get ourselves warm so that when we go into Cindy, we we can crush this. And Cindy is what you crush, but you can't do Cindy incredibly fast because there's twenty rounds of it. Yeah. Well, what's the time scheme on those? Or is it just kind of as you finish? It, it's usually a four-time workout. Um, a lot of people, like a benchmark, I guess, is finishing it below an hour. Okay. Um, people then start wearing weighted vests, and the benchmark really becomes finish <laughs> in under an hour. But a lot of people who wear weighted vests, um, usually 15, 20 pounds, they can still finish it in under an hour. Yeah. Um, Have and, you, you finished in under an yeah, hour? Yeah, I can. My... Last recorded time was something like 45 minutes, if okay. I'm doing correctly. And those were kips or actual um, strict pull-ups? For Oh, those, those are not strict pull-ups. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be, you know, um, 100 pull-ups? Yeah. Well, l- luckily you Got don't have to do it unbroken. About, yeah. There are people who yeah. do it unbroken. Um, do they, they'll do 100, they'll 200, get, and then 300? Usually Gosh. you get stuck on the push-ups because the push-ups are one of those movements, especially in CrossFit, where you, you will fail. There's a point of failure there that it's hard to push past, and then you're stuck yeah. doing singles. Um, and then there's a one-mile run at the end of that, and that one-mile run at the end is not a six-minute mile. <laughs> that one-mile run at the end is an eight-minute mile at mo- or at best. least, at best, because what that mile is designed to do is to flush all the lactic acid that is in your arms, that is in your chest, that is in your back, and that is in your legs that you got from doing the pull-ups and push-ups and squats. So you don't feel sore after so this? So you don't, you don't feel incredibly sore after this. You do feel sore, but like... You always feel a little sore, but this workout, especially like when you're a peak fitness athlete, should not... You should be able to do this, go about your day, and possibly go do something else later um, in the evening. Right. Um, especially if you're just doing this at body weight. Mm. And so that's, to me, a great example of, like, how these CrossFit workouts work. Because, you know, that first mile and that last mile, if you are intelligent and you dissect this workout, you realize, well, I shouldn't be going six-minute six mile here. And that takes, for some people, a lot of self-control to not blow themselves on the mile. Um, There's some workouts where it's, like, accumulate 200 calories, but every, like, two minutes and 30 seconds you got to do this or whatever else. And for me, I struggle with those workouts the most because I really want to blow myself out on, like, that first 50 calories because in that first round I'm not fatigued at all. 
But then if I do that, I'm stuck doing the supplemental work. And then it takes me longer to get back to doing the row or the bike or the skier in order to finish out those calories. Yeah. Um, and so if you really are interested in how these workouts go, I suggest going to watch um, the CrossFit games online that we have, I think 10 ish years of CrossFit games athletes um, recorded. And, you know, you'll have announcers that will explain to you the workout. You can watch the individuals compete. And these guys are, they look like superheroes is what they look like. But they're also incredibly intelligent. And so you can look at the different strategies that people put in order to complete um, these different workouts. And so there's a couple different, like, key philosophies or principles that we use. And one of them is just, you know, CrossFit was actually made by a physicist. So work equals force times distance. Let's go. <laughs> um, we love that formula. And so, you know, it, while we aren't necessarily going around quoting it, it's very evident in a lot of the things we do. Yeah. Um, and it's very evident in how we measure things, right? Because sometimes it's carry this yoke from, you know, meter point zero to 100 feet mm-hmm. and all, all that stuff. And so then we're kind of calculating ourselves a work or an intensity using that formula and then we've also got this uh stress recovery formula that we love to use because we're crossfit athletes we like five to six days worth of work and so we're trying to figure out where that fatigue versus adaptation horizon is and so if you haven't seen this wonderful little chart i suggest looking it up especially if you're working out especially if you're finding yourself sore the next day because even though there's no strict numbers to it. It's great to be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically this chart looks like, you know, the, the beginning point you work out. And so you're going to get fatigue. And so if you have an x-axis, if you're imagining an x-axis in your head, you know, the, the line dips below, right? And so, so we're going into the negative and that's your fatigue. Okay. And then you're going to eventually bottom out and you're going to, the line's going to shift back up almost like a parabola. And it's going to be so that you're becoming less fatigued. And eventually when it goes above that x-axis, we call that adaptation, right? But that line's not going to go above the x-axis forever. It's eventually going to revert again and kind of try and go back to um, that that baseline of zero. You know? And so the idea is we want to have our next workout and we want to style these workouts so that when we start our next workout, we are at the peak of our adaptation or at least not at zero and definitely not in fatigue. Right. Um, and so that doesn't really count for your whole body because sometimes we'll say, you know, I did this workout yesterday. My arms are sh- completely shredded. Well, good thing today we're not really doing that many arm movements. Um, and then there's a lot of research out there where, like, Active recovery is a thing where if you, let's say you blow out your shoulder, you do a bunch of bicep work, and then for whatever reason, your shoulder is also feeling better the next day, as long as, like, you're not overworking your shoulder as well. Right. Um, And so that kind of brings it down to, like, who is CrossFit for? And the big thing is everyone. We're a functional fitness group. Um, The... A lot of our principles have actually been found in, like, the armed forces. It's starting to become 
like seriously used in athletic trainers. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of football teams that have kind of adopted this kind of CrossFit style workout because their athletes are specifically having to express a lot of power in a very short duration. Um, and then also we get a lot of individuals who are recovering from some type of surgery or some type of like big injury that they had when they were younger. And it helps a lot because CrossFit is rehabilitative in nature. Um, We do a lot with, my gym does a lot with uh, the 80, 90 year old crowd because that's a big crowd in Albemarle. And so we kind of teach them, you know, in essence, what's a burpee? A burpee is falling on the ground and getting back up. And so if you are 80 years old, what's one of the biggest risks? (laughs) You know, life alert, I've fallen and I can't get up. So we're like, okay, we're going to teach you to fall and we're going to teach you to get up. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of this progression towards uh, doing dips, right, is actually putting two boxes right beside you, and you're basically using momentum and sitting up, um, sit, getting, up. S- getting up and pressing out of that, right? And so that's helping you with your dip, but if you're an 80, 90-year-old woman, right, what does that look like? Well, that looks like you putting your hands on the side of your bathtub, leaning back, pushing forward, and getting out of the bathtub. And right. so a lot of this actually helps to translate towards kind of this day-to-day life, especially um, for a lot of people who are doing things that they need help with. Right. And, you know, it also teaches you how to lift things properly. So UPS, FedEx drivers, you know, if you're moving around a lot of heavy boxes, CrossFit's for you too. Right. Um, And then there's also like a couple other like cool little health side effects. Like high-intensity workouts do a whole lot for your health. Yeah, Um, That There's a spike of you know, caloric expenditure when you do the workout, because we're incorporating strength, your body's going to require calories in order to heal your muscles. And then also, um, high intensity exercises have been linked to increasing your insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. And so basically what that means is your body is more able to take in and process sugar. Yeah. Now, ideally we're eating fresh fruits (laughs) and we're eating, you know, these non-processed forms of sugar that are healthier for you anyway. Like I'm a big, I'm a big uh, fruit guy. Yeah. I I love fruit. CrossFit. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it'll give you a sugar craving. It just will. Cause you need energy and your body thinks that you need energy right then and there. I have eaten a whole pineapple in one sitting. I've eaten two pounds of strawberries in one sitting. Yeah. But they taste good and they're kind of healthy for you. So yeah. I can't fault CrossFit Definitely that a much. Better alternative than, you know, two pounds of Rice Krispie treat. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, um, so one thing with CrossFit is if you're getting into fitness, it is very easy to come across anti CrossFit stuff. It is it very is. big in the weightlifting community to make fun of CrossFit people. Now, I think. I think we should probably explicitly touch on a lot of those things okay. in this. So um, one of the biggest thing that CrossFit really gets, I'd say, as far as uh, slamming goes, uh, or as far as like bashing CrossFit goes, is definitely the momentum thing. One thing in uh, like powerlifting and things like that are time under tension and focus and control on every rep. Whereas CrossFit is more geared towards doing the actual action of the movement, not completing it for muscular tension. So a lot of times CrossFitters will get bashed saying, you're not working out your muscles, you're not going to get strong, you're not going to get fit. It's more 
a lot of times with CrossFit, you're receiving more muscular maturity than you are going to gain muscle mass. It's just the way it's set up. Mm -hmm. And so that's going to be a big bashing point and and, and the pull-up thing. Yeah. Kip, <laughs> kips are made fun of all the time because most gym bros don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> when yeah. you say kip to them, they're like, what? And then you're like, the CrossFit pull-up thingy. They're like, that's not a pull-up. I'm like, I know it's not a pull-up. Yeah, like It's I not. It's a functional movement meant to get you to the top of the bar yeah. or on top of it. Yeah. it. It comes from that gymnastics aspect. Yeah. It literally like in in a set of like double bars, the way that the gymnast gets up on top of the second one is he kips up the front one, <laughs> stands on it, and then jumps to the next one. Yeah. It's it's such a it's a functional movement. They use it all the time in there. And so as far as like the the argument of if you're hanging off the edge of a cliff, well, first of all, if my feet are dangling <laughs> like that, I'm probably gonna kip. <laughs> to be honest, it's probably gonna get me to the top. Because I can't do a muscle up, yeah. and so, you know, I'm probably going to use yeah. some momentum. It'll count then. Yeah, and when my friend saw, um, like, I took him to a CrossFit gym for the first time. He saw someone rip out, like, a set of 10 muscle ups. He's like, how the fuck is he doing that without wrecking his back? Because he just saw the flexion. Oh, yeah. That's all he saw. With with the kipping motion, all he saw was kind of this, like, back arching and back coming in. Yeah. And in the lifting world, that's a terrible thing to do. But when you're hanging from a bar, it's not incredibly yeah difficult. yeah your your back it's can not, flex yeah. a lot like that on the, yeah. under the when yeah. you're when not, you're controlled and under the bar and you know what you're doing yeah when the weight's not on top of you yeah and really you're the weight hanging yeah yeah it's, it's not that bad but so i'd say as far as detraction like that's really the big thing they get um most times like it's kind of like if if you're familiar you're with the way that the military branches bash on each other that's kind of the way that groups of uh fitness philosophy people uh sort of really bash on each other um yeah i'd say that's probably the closest yeah. relative i have to it yeah um but yeah with uh crossfit i mean i've only done one crossfit workout with you but mm -hmm. uh to an extent it definitely followed like every everything you said high intensity all this stuff and luckily enough i'd been through high intensity workouts <laughs> before because otherwise i'd have been dead in water yeah it'll trying to keep you one if you're not yeah. careful yeah, and um, definitely one thing is uh, being getting your body comfortable with your heart rate being at an acclimated uh, height. A lot of people cannot go over certain heartbeat rates just because, like, maybe your your blood vessels are maybe you know a little clogged up or something. You know, your cholesterol is just kind of sitting there. You're not you know flushing blood through you a lot faster, which is a good thing. And you also have to be careful and, like, very in tune mm -hmm. with your body because a lot of these movements, like, when we did the – when you're talking about kind of this lack of time under tension, well, that's what we would call barbell cycling, right? And so yeah. basically, like, when I was doing those max effort cleans after the run, like, I am touching and going. I am touching and going. I don't want a lot of time under tension because if I have a lot of time under tension, I'm going to fail. Yeah. Um. But I also had to be very conscious about what weight I chose for myself, you know, because the recommended was about 75% of your one rep max. Um, and so for me, I had the option to go above 75% or below 75%. I couldn't be at 75% because they don't make weights like that. Yeah. Um, and so my, my personal choice was go a bit lower, hit 95, do more reps, you know. But for some people, they're going to walk into the gym and they're going to think, well, I'll just go heavier. 
because you know this dude's doing this much this dude's doing this much and i want don't compare yourself to people of other size even at um comparable size so like i'd say for my size i'm in the in the weightlifting world i'm pretty weak for my actual size yeah i look like i can lift a lot more than i can and i i don't i just don't yeah but like something like a muscle a power snatch is going to be highly technique based Mm -hmm. and when you're fatigued you know, even if you can theoretically do that weight, it's all about being able to do that weight while breathing heavy mm-hmm. and being able to do that weight while fatigued. And if your neuromuscular system isn't prepared for that, you're going to fail. And if yep. you fail hard enough, you're going to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. And then another um, part that comes into your mind is if you're doing something that's not set for a certain number of reps, going a little wider doesn't mean you're putting less work in it just means you have to put in a couple more reps right right because this kind of goes into that work formula again let's say and this is actually how they score certain competitions right because there's a competition that i have coming up in which the score is just the weight that you lifted times the number of reps you did and so then if you want to be a nerd like me you can maybe come up with a spreadsheet and a couple graphs that show exactly how many reps you have to do of each weight you know in order to get the same number of points yeah and so that really kind of shows you because basically that's how your body's designed too if you do that weight that's lighter but for more reps your body's actually going to have a better strength adaptation or whatever adaptation you're trying to inspire in order to get there mm-hmm. and another thing um crossfit is really only big in the u.s right uh or so is it really overseas yet? You CrossFit guys, CrossFit games we've pulled in people from the overseas, right, right, right. Uh, but it's held in the most, US. It's held in the U.S. And mostly then, developed and westernized uh, countries. Yeah, we had. You guys don't use kilograms though, correctly? Correct. <laughs> we use freedom measurements. <laughs> I mean, we use. We, you guys use pounds. We use kilo. Yeah, yeah. We have kilogram weights, right? Um, but usually we convert them. Yeah. Yeah, because I was going to say the big th- uh, powerlifting, kilograms. Okay. Uh, most powerlifting, like yeah. you know your your deadlift, uh, squat and bench press. Most competitions you go to, they're going to measure it in kilograms. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure most companies that make these weights, like getting the kilogram plates and versus getting the the pounds plates okay. is negligible. At, but it's pr- the, the the carryover of measurement to measurement is pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. It's and, honestly not that big a deal. And we usually have the stereotypical like 25 pound, whatever kilogram plate, like it, it'll have both measurements on it. But oh, we okay. have, okay. we have kind of this, like the 10, 15, 25, 35, 45, 55 pounds, yes, pounds. is usually how we carry that. And then we have kettlebells, which go all the way up to 73, I think is what we mm-hmm. generally use is like the highest. And then um, dumbbells, there's not a set in that gym, dumb, I bet. <laughs> dumbbells, we... Oh, we have dumbbells. Okay. We have dumbbells. I didn't know what you guys would um, use them for. Dumbbell snatches. <laughs> oh, single-arm dumbbell Single-arm snatch. dumbbell yeah, yeah, snatches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I was trying to think. I was like, I, I can't... We don't use them a lot. You don't You don't use them in the gym, do you? I, dumbbell snatch. I love a dumbbell snatch. I can do like 50 pounds easy on a dumbbell snatch. Yeah. Um, do you do it in front of people? People think you're going to blow your shoulder out <laughs> in the gym. Oh, the funnest thing I love to do that's kind of crossfitty in front of people is a tag along. 
and it's not that hard. So if viewers at home, you want to impress like a girl or like impress like a gym bro or something, what you do is you take your feet, you put in a Frisbee and you go into like a push up position and then rotate your hands so that they're facing away from each other, um, out. Yeah. And so then you just drag yourself along with your hands. Right. And so the big thing there is it's it's big developing, str- uh, shoulder strength. And then it's making sure that you can keep your midline in this hollow position for a hundred meters. Or a hundred feet, um, and it's a fun thing to do. I love doing it. I was introduced to it at a workout. And I was like, I love this. It it's sucks. Not, it's better than doing a plank. <laughs> For me, it is because I hate holding positions. Um, I've done like Tabatas and I've done like uh, 30, 45 second holds in like a plank or a wall sit or a, like a hollow hold. I hate doing those yeah. things. Just because for me, staying still is worse than moving. Yeah. Um, for me, doing like isometric holds and stuff like that while working out, I almost think of it as like greedy <laughs> while I'm doing it. I'm like, I am like, I want one more second. I want 10 more seconds. I'm yeah. going to hold this. I'm yeah. going to show you that I can do this for longer. Yeah. I'm a very so. competitive person. So I'm just like, I'm not going to be the first to drop. I'm going to be the last to drop. Even if that's not the case, I'm, in my brain, yeah. I'm like, I'm not dropping, I'm not dropping, I'm right. not dropping. Um, but um, with the way I work out, it's a lot more like focus on the control of the motion. Yeah. Focus that everything you do through the motion is slow, progressed, and you can do it well. So I like to do a lot of good lightweight work. I di- I tend to do it a lot more on my um, my pulling exercises than I do okay. my pushing exercise. I'll, I'll put those a little bit higher in weight just to kind of – because I feel – when I'm pushing something away from myself, that's – I'll do it slow and controlled, but it's – I prefer to do that at a heavier, whereas, like, my pulling exercise, I like a good pull, hold, and release kind of thing. Yeah, and some – like, when we were talking about um, people, you know, kind of criticizing crossfitters, yeah. we like to criticize the power lifters a little bit because they can lift heavy fresh. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But right. um, we, always, we always say you can lift heavy fresh. Can you lift he- heavy winded? Yes, that is um, true. Because we, we love that kind of – sometimes it's just a ladder work, and it's like you got to do a 400-meter run and then just go in and do a little power lift, you know, and then go back out, go for another 400-meter run and come in a little heavier power lift, you know. Yeah. Um. And so it's all about that kind of where are you getting your rest? Mm-hmm. Where are you getting your energy? Are you breathing properly? Um. And are you thinking properly? Because a lot of the time you need to have the right mindset. Um, there's a lot of books out there that you can read to try and fix your mindset. You can also just do a lot of introspection. For me, mm-hmm. most of it was just I'm going to figure out how I perform the best. And because CrossFit's competitive and because I'm a competitive person, often I compete the best when there's people around me that are doing better than me. I'm like, I, I can't break this set because I see him right there doing more. Mm-hmm. I can't break this set because I see him and he's right on my tail. And then because of that, I have the motivation to kind of push through and then we are on to the next thing. Um, and like, to me, I love the fact that CrossFit competitions are so easy to get into. Um, there's Festivus for people who aren't very um, new or aren't very experienced as a CrossFit athlete. And they'll, you know, give you a team and you'll have 
a whole day to compete and none of it's super complex or anything like that. And then you have these amateur competitions. You have the CrossFit Opens you can compete in. And the only requirement for a CrossFit Open is you got to find a judge that'll make sure you're doing the reps properly. Um, and you don't have to even go anywhere for that as long as there's someone nearby in a gym who is a qualified judge. Yeah. Um, and then there's all the way up to the CrossFit Games. But uh, it's a very competitive community. And then there's individuals who aren't that competitive. But I think I would also caution people into thinking, because I've met a couple people like this. Like, they show up to the CrossFit gym, and they're like, I've been wanting to do this for three or four years, but I wasn't fit enough yet. A a lot of people will view CrossFit as kind of this final evolution in their fitness journey, and that's not really the case. Right. We have people in there of all body types. You know, one of our coaches in Albemarle was always wearing a scaling is cool T-shirt. And while I hated that T-shirt, it's very true. Yeah. We, we love to scale. Um, if you can't do a push-up, we'll get you to where you're doing a push-up. If you can't do a muscle-up, well, 90% of the gym can't do a muscle-up. Yeah. There's these progressions that we can put you through so that next time your brain knows what you're trying to do and you just need to work on strength. Yep. Um, and that goes back to our episode, our previous episode. Yeah. You know, just get started. Exactly. And so you can get started as a beginner in CrossFit and we'll take you the whole way and your technique is going to be great. And, you know, as long as you're very intelligent when you're choosing your own weights, because there is this kind of element of self-ownership in your workout, just be smart. Yep. All right. Well, I think that kind of covers everything that we want to cover today. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. It's been very insightful for me. I'm not very well-versed in CrossFit, but I'll thank you for uh, guiding me through this, my guy. All right. Thank you. And we'll see you guys next time. See you. This production was brought to you by the Uptown Audio and Media Network. If you are interested in more work like this from us, you can find those on our socials, such as Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, which will be listed in the description below. And we thank you for listening.